Welcome to the Center for the Advancement of Virtual Organizations podcast, Episode 1, Senior Leader Considerations in Emergency Situations. I'd like to recognize the many, many people around the globe who are affected by the coronavirus pandemic, both personally and professionally. We hope these podcasts assist you in maneuvering these rapid changes. I'm Tammy Cooper, and today we're joined by Dr. David Harpool, President of North Central University. Dr. Harpool, welcome and thank you so much for taking the time to come and chat with us about senior leader considerations in emergency situations. I'm glad to be here, and I know it's an important topic, one on most people's mind. Great. Thanks so much. You know, at first, we might think that organizations who operate remotely may not be affected by situations like the coronavirus pandemic. However, we know this is not the case. Tell us how this situation has affected our remote workforce here at NCU. Well, because organizations are the the sum of the people who work there, it affects them in as many different ways as there are different personalities. Even in a virtual organization like ours, there are still a few positions and a few areas that were not naturally remote or virtual positions. So we had to put together a plan to, first of all, get everyone completely remote And then secondly, we had to figure out what's that going to do to our normal way of doing business in terms of impact on technology, policies, um, and when and how we meet. Great. Thank you. And so as our president, what is your main focus as these events have unfolded? Yeah, first focus is on people. Um, we, We can't be an effective university if our people are focused on other things. We want to make sure they're okay. And that's why we've done some things like assurance of continued employment and salaries. And we've made sure people understand it's okay to take time off if they need to. And we've done some uh, load share so people can adjust their work levels to the appropriate amount of work for their particular and unique circumstances. We've increased our check-ins with our folks to make sure they're personally okay, that they um, that they're feeling well, that if they don't, there's a backup to take over it. So first we focused on people. Second thing we focused on is our technology. We have good technology because we're largely a remote organization anyway, but what's the impact of more users, not just inside NCU, but outside of NCU, all of a sudden rushing to use the technology we rely on on a daily basis. So we've built in some protection, some redundancy, some backup plans. Then the third thing is because of the unique nature of this crisis, we have built in some backup leaders in case a leader were to go down because of illness and not be able to function. Who's going to step in and take over those functional areas during this time? Because for us, it's all about communicating with students. We are 100% student-centered 100% student focus. And we can't do our jobs with students if we're not sure that all the faculty and staff and folks who work at NCU aren't ready to go. Thank you, Dr. Harpole, for sharing those three areas that have been what you focused on as these events unfold. What, What can newly virtual organizations glean from an organization like ours about unforeseen situations? Yeah, I think the first thing they have to do is understand they're not going to master virtual working overnight but take baby steps. And one of the first steps is I would identify what positions are going to go virtual. And if it's all of them, I would prioritize them in terms of importance to keep continuity going for the company or the institution or or the entity. The second thing I would do is choose a technology. There are multiple technologies out there that can be used. 
Some of them require combinations of multiple tech companies. Some are all in one services. So I would choose one that has national capability and, and gives confidence in terms of reliability and sustainability. Uh, the third thing I would do is I would over-communicate, constantly communicate with your folks that this is the new norm or at least a new temporary norm and that you're going to make sure that you over-communicate because people are already feeling isolated. And so we're finding that multiple check-ins a week um, is beneficial for both our, our faculty and staff as well as our students. And then I think on a long-term strategy, if you're going to move remote permanently or if you're going to remove go remote for a longer period of time, you want to begin to develop some policies about working from home. And there's lots of legal and regulatory guidelines for how you can do this, but also there should be some internal policies about people checking in, having the right equipment, uh, supplementing expenses for folks when they need to improve their home office or their home technology. And then I would encourage you to begin to develop performance metrics that apply and can be measured remotely. So what are the three most important pointers that you can offer presidents and CEOs who may be faced with rapidly mobilizing to a remote workforce who have little to no experience in this area? Yeah, the first thing I would do is get the voice service down. Figure out what are you going to use to be able to talk to one another, be it um, mass calls, be it webcasts, whatever it is, what technology you use so that you can talk. Because the first thing I do is be able to communicate. If you can't communicate, you can't achieve any of these objectives. The second thing then is I would determine what are the best tools out there to make this more meaningful in terms of visual, uh, file sharing, group projects, um, so that people can continue to work on task and not be completely isolated. And so you have to identify that technology so that you can both communicate always and, and, and hopefully later see and share. I think that's important. And then I think the last one is how do we measure the success, the performance, the productivity to know whether we think we're accomplishing what it is we think we're accomplishing. And if I might add one last one and a repetitive one is over communicate, constantly talk. How are your employees feeling? What are they seeing? Um, what are they hearing from your customers, or in our case, our students, so that there's a clear, accurate picture of the effectiveness of working remote? For organizations who operated remotely prior to the coronavirus situation, what advice can you offer? Know that this isn't exactly the same norm. Even though your uh, institution, entity, company has always worked remotely or largely works remotely, this is a different world. One, you're going to be probably adding some functions that typically were not remote and they're brand new to this. So you have to start all over with those folks in terms of training, technology, access, communication, uh, dealing with uh, sometimes the isolation. And then secondly, um, what's the backup plan for your technology? Because in a circumstance like this where everybody's going online, even the most reliable technology is struggling. And so you got to make sure you have multiple plans. That may mean multiple phone plans. That may mean multiple webcasting plans. That may mean multiple systems to communicate. So I think you got to consider that. Third thing is you're probably going to have to adjust some personnel policies. How do you measure PTO? 
How do people say raise their hands when their workload's too high for a remote with all the other things like people at home and kids at home and other needs that have come about because of this crisis? Um, and then I think finally, you're going to need to know what the regulatory and legal scheme is, because if you have employees like many people do in 50 states, uh, like we do in 20 something countries, we have to know what the rules are for working remote in all of those places. Great, great advice, Dr. Harple. And I know we're seeing many of these things emerge internally here at NCU um, and watching those events unfold. So thank you so much for offering that advice. Dr. Harple, thank you for joining us today for our first podcast and for supporting the rapid launch of the Center for the Advancement of Virtual Organizations. We appreciate your insights and we know our listeners will benefit from your experiences. Thanks. It's great to be here and it's my pleasure. And what I think organizations are going to find out is that they can be as effective or even more effective with a remote workforce.